So, one night after dinner, I wanted a snack. So I went to the snack cupboard to find some chocolate. And I was in luck. I found not only a bar of chocolate, but a lint bar of chocolate. The fancy stuff. I was like, yes, come on. Here we are, we're in business. So I took it upstairs. I set up Netflix. I got all comfy and I was ready to eat my after dinner snack of this chocolate. So I took my first bite. Mm. And something was wrong. This did not taste okay. It tasted awful, to be honest. I, I was genuinely unsure as to whether I'd bitten into the actual chocolate. I was like, why does this taste so bad? It almost, I felt like it tasted like dirt. It was bitter. I, I had to spit that out. And I looked on the packet. And not only was this lint fancy chocolate, it was 85% cocoa dark chocolate. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but the chocolate that we normally have has other stuff mixed in with it. It's not just cocoa. It has like sugar, milk, milk powder, salt, like a sweetener. It's got loads of stuff in it. And normal like Asdazone milk chocolate that you're gonna buy is like 30% cocoa. So this, it was 85% cocoa and honestly, I could not eat it. It was, I thought it was disgusting because it was almost pure cocoa. Now, I, I didn't really realize how much of an impact the other ingredients had on the taste of chocolate, but let me tell you, in my opinion, it is not nice, more pure that it is. And this morning, we're gonna be talking about what it means to be pure in heart. Now, when you think of purity, I'm sure there's lots of different things that come to your mind and you might think of a pure little innocent baby who's just been born or a glass of absolutely beautiful clean water, maybe. Because the definition of purity is something that is undiluted, unmixed, it doesn't have other ingredients within it. So with this chocolate, we are not used to pure chocolate, we are used to um, you know all the other ingredients as well and this wasn't even pure but it was closer to being pure than what we normally have and it was nasty. The Bible says that the pure in heart will see God. It says in Matthew 5 verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God and that is what we're going to be talking about this morning. Now I don't know about you but I want to understand this because I want to see God. If there is something I can do that means I will see God, I want to know what that is. So let's explore this idea together. And we've already talked about what it means to be pure, sort of undiluted, unmixed. But what is heart? What does it mean, the pure in heart? When we think about, um, when we use the word heart, we often are talking about sort of feelings, not just the organ that's in your chest, but we might say things like, follow your heart, or what does your heart say, or I know in my heart, or I give my heart to someone, and it's kind of like a romantic thing, or um, to do with your dreams, your ambitions for your life, or a way of expressing your deepest feelings, and we talk about it being from the heart. But in the Bible, this idea of heart wasn't just your feelings and your emotions. It was 
um, the ruling center of your entire being. So this is the driving force of your life. Like if you were to be cut in half, what would run all the way through you? That is what they are referring to. So in the ancient Greek um, use of this phrase, pure in heart, it meant an undivided devotion to God. It meant a singleness of heart where only God was the one committed to. The Bible tells us that we cannot serve two masters. It says that we will love one and hate the other and we cannot serve both God and money. This verse is talking about money. It's talking about how if we pursue money, if we love money and our lives are directed in pursuing money, then we won't be able to also serve God because at one point or another, those two leading directions of our lives are going to conflict. There's going to be a time where if we're following the pursuit of money, we're not going to be able to do what God asks. Or if we're following God, we are going to have to give up some of our money or use it in a way that isn't like worldly wise or something like that. And so we cannot serve both with the same um, priority in our heart, with the same conviction and commitment. And the same is true for other things in our lives as well, not just money. We cannot serve popularity and God. We cannot serve academic success and God. We cannot serve being the best at our sport and God. Those things in and of themselves are not bad, but if they take the top place in our heart, the, the ruling centre of our lives and our decision-making um, measure, then we will not have space to serve God fully because a life given to God is surrendered to him. If we claim to be a Christian, if we say that we are a Christian, that we love God, then our entire lives have to be open to where he wants to lead. And unfortunately, there is not space for God and another thing in that place, in our hearts. Have a think for a second. Examine your heart. Ask God to um, show you if you have a divided heart. Think about how you are at school and with your school friends and how you are at home or with your Christian friends. Are you the same or are you two different people? Are you, do you act the same when you're in public as you do when you're in private? Think about your speech. Think about um, your thoughts, the way you judge other people. Think about the way you use the internet when no one else is looking, how you use your social media. All these things will reveal to you the state of your heart and where your commitments lie. Because when we are alone and when we think that no one else can see us, that is when our true inner self is revealed. And that is what Jesus is talking about. When he's talking about us having a pure heart, it means recognising that even when, we're, when we are alone, our lives are to be lived for an audience of one. Just God, only God, and always God. God is looking to see, are we the same when we're alone in our bedroom? Are we the same when we're at a party with our friends as we are when we're at church or when we're um, acting like we have our lives all together? And if they're not, if we, if we are a different person 
at church, I mean, we're all at home for church at the moment, but you know what I mean. If we're one person when we want to look like a Christian, we want to look like we love God, and we're another person at another time, who are we trying to deceive? Who are we trying to fool? Because ultimately, the only opinion that is of any value is God's. So when, he, when Jesus is talking about having a pure heart, this is what he's talking about. Our motives, our secret thoughts, those things. And now you might be thinking, Eva, this is impossible. How on earth am I supposed to always be devoted to God 24-7, even when I'm on my own, even when I'm with my friends? Like, that's impossible. And you're not wrong. We can't do this on our own. This is not something that we can just choose to be. We can't just be like, right, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be pure and then our lives will all be completely devoted to God. We need God. There's a guy called R. Kent Hughes and he said this. He said, God demands a humanly impossible character and then gives us that character by his grace. God provides through his grace, through Jesus, all that we need to live a godly life, to live a life that serves him, to live a life that is undivided and committed wholly to God. He gives us what we need and when we make mistakes, when we fall short, there is grace for us there. And why should we even bother to try and have this heart that's inclined towards God? Why should we even strive and seek to have only God in our hearts? Well, because Jesus promises us that we will see God. But what does that mean? The Bible says that no one has seen God except Jesus. And through Jesus, God is made known. So we see God when we see Jesus. And we see Jesus in the Bible, in the Word. Because Jesus is God made man. So the more we read the Word, the more we will know Jesus. And the more we know Jesus, the more we will see God. And we here on earth, even though no one has seen God face to face, no one has um, fully seen what it is, what it's like to behold God, um, we catch glimpses of him. We have, we see elements of his glory. We see snatches of what he is like. We see God in each other. We reflect God because we're made in his image and we can see him working in our lives. And the more that our hearts are inclined towards commitment to him, the more we will encounter him in our day-to-day -day lives, the more we will notice him working through us and in us, and the more that we will see him. Imagine for a second that you're on a COVID walk in the evening, it's dark, you're just going for a stroll to stretch your legs, and you see in someone's window that they are watching your favorite movie and they've got the 3D version. They're, they're sat there with their 3D glasses on and you can see, oh my word, that's my favorite movie. So you stop, you have a little look, you find a position which means they can't see you because that would be weird if they see you looking in their house. But the TV is kind of at a funny angle because of where you're standing and obviously it's far away, you're looking at it through someone's living room window. Um, 
But also, because they're watching it in 3D and you haven't got the 3D glasses, it's like, it's got that like red and blue line around all the people and it's just a bit distorted and a bit weird. That is kind of how we see God, because we do catch glimpses of him. We do see how he works in our lives. We do partly see God. But it's, it's sometimes difficult to see the full picture. It's sometimes difficult to understand what we're actually seeing. But one day, when we move from this life here on earth into the next, we will see God face to face. And instead of watching the movie through the window without the 3D glasses, it will be as if we're in the cinema watching it with our glasses on, with nothing else in our view, only that movie. That is what it's going to be like when we behold God face to face. The Bible says, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know, know fully, even as I am fully known. So we, we can incline our hearts towards God and we want to strive for this um, pure heart, but how do we do that? How do we physically possibly do that? Because it is not easy, it is hard. Or is it? You may have heard it said, um, what you behold, you become. Or John Mark Comer says, what you give your attention to is the person you will become. Perhaps it's as simple as checking what you give your attention to. Perhaps what we need to do is take out some of the other ingredients that dilute, um, dilute the purity of our hearts, like taking out the milk from the chocolate bar, that makes it much more pure. Um, perhaps for you there's a relationship or a friendship that you know is directly opposite to your relationship with God. You know that it's putting up a barrier between you and God. Perhaps there are some habits in your lives that you know are really taking you away from God and dividing your heart. And, and when you take part in those habits and those activities, your heart is serving them and ignoring God. Maybe those things or those people just need to go. Maybe you just need to get rid of them. But maybe it's smaller things. Maybe it's just how you spend your time and what you focus on. So for example, instead of waking up and going straight on your phone, straight onto TikTok and Instagram and social media, maybe when you wake up, you have your phone on flight mode and you go and read a chapter of the Bible before you have your breakfast and then you can scroll after that. Maybe it's just a shift in what your attention is being given to. Perhaps you need to spend less time on war zone and more time in the Word of God. Perhaps you need to spend less time scrolling through people's stories and more time finding out the story of salvation that God has written for you. Perhaps inclining your heart to God and taking away the things that um, make it dividing, diluted and mixed, refocusing on God. And we aren't going to get this right every day. We aren't going to be able to just decide and switch and be like, right, I'm pure now. This is a journey. This is something that takes time. This is something that we are going to spend our lives seeking. But it is about what we seek. It is about where we 
hope, where we incline our hearts. Think about what you behold, what you give your attention to, what you spend your time looking at. I'm going to finish by just reading a scripture from 1 John 3 verses 1 to 3 and it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. I'll read that last sentence again. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you promise that we will see you. Thank you that we can be blessed when our hearts are committed to you undividedly. God, I pray that you would help us to um, recognize where our hearts are divided. Would you help us to um, get rid of the additional ingredients in our lives? God, would you help us to, um, in our day to day, to catch more glimpses of you, to notice where you're working in our lives, to see um, where you're challenging us and where you're blessing us and to recognize your presence in our day to day. God, would you help us to um, pursue you, help us to wholeheartedly love you and help us to obey you out of that love. And God, would you give us hope and give us patience for the time when we will see you fully like in the cinema with the 3D glasses. In Jesus' name, Amen.